we want to be able to take care of everybody at the highest level of care. So it's important that we keep the respiratory illnesses to a minimum. And so if we have two circulating, it'd be nice to at least have good control of one of them. I'm Heather Bushman for N equals one, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Michelle Ritter, an infectious disease specialist here at UC San Diego Health. In normal times, Dr. Ritter specializes in caring for patients with severe or deep-seated infections. Now that we live in a pandemic, she also leads UC San Diego Health's COVID-19 telemedicine clinic, which provides support for patients recovering at home via phone and video visits. Also, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this interview was recorded remotely by Zoom. Here's Dr. Ritter. So, yeah, so thank you for asking me. Yeah, I brushed up with my flu because it's going to be big. (laughs) Good. Well, let's start with the real basics. And what is the flu? Sometimes I think we say that to cover a whole bunch of different just feeling crummy illnesses. But what is the flu? So the flu is an infection caused by a virus called the influenza virus. And there's several different types of influenza. They're all in the same family, but there's kind of different versions of it. And each season we might get some sort of different versions of it, but it's, it's its own distinct illness caused by the virus influenza. And who's at the greatest risk for contracting influenza? So Influenza can be spread anywhere, but in terms of who's at highest risk for the most severe cases, it tends to be the extremes of life, so the elderly and the young. And like with COVID-19 and other viruses, people who are immunocompromised um, are at higher risk. Also, people who already have respiratory problems, um, such as asthma, things like that can be at higher risk too for getting sicker with the flu. So tell me about the flu vaccine. So we're fortunate that this is an infection where we have a vaccine. So who should get the flu vaccine? So the flu vaccine should really be received by anybody. Anybody should get the flu vaccine. It's not known to be dangerous for any specific population. And it's important for everybody to get it because we have a better chance of preventing spread in general. There are some people who for some reason or another might be unable to get it, but um, generally, if you can get it, you should get the vaccine. Uh, Every year it's a little different. And that's because we tailor the yearly vaccine upon which strains of influenza we think are gonna be most commonly circulating in the United States. So the 2020 to 2021 flu vaccine is different than the one last year. Um, And it's the prediction of what we think is going to be the most common strain we have. It's not always perfect, but it's the best guess we have. So even for someone like me, who I'm always healthy, I don't really seem to get the flu. And if I do, it's not that bad. Why should I still get the vaccine this year and every year? Well, one issue is that we don't always know who's going to get severely ill from influenza. It can be healthy, normal people without medical problems. And that's one of the scary things about it. It's rare to have complications, but it can happen in in individuals who have no other medical problems. The other issue is in order to decrease 
to spread everywhere, it's best for people to get vaccinated. Um, during COVID-19, there's a lot of discussion about herd immunity, meaning if a big enough group of the population gets immune to a virus, then it hopefully won't circulate too much. And, and if everybody gets the flu vaccine, hopefully we would get some degree of herd immunity. So even you may, first of all are protecting yourself but you might be protecting others also which is key especially at a time when we have another pandemic going on and it's right. essential that we try to keep everybody healthy yeah so why is it more important than ever to get the flu vaccine this year while we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic I mean the flu vaccine isn't going to protect us from that but why why flu vaccine this year so I think one of the really essential things is that part of the problem with COVID-19 and influenza is that some people get very sick and, and those people might require hospitalization and might require some ventilatory support, support to help them breathe. Some of the issues we had early on with COVID-19 is that our hospitals literally ran out of the resources to care for patients. We, we had concerns, um, some places in the country, they ran out of ventilators. So at a time when we're worried about our hospitals being beyond their capacity to care well for patients, it, it's scary to think that we would have two respiratory illnesses hitting at once as both of them can require the same treatment and the same, um, the same level of care. And we wanna be able to take care of everybody at the highest level of care. So it, it's important that everybody, that we keep the respiratory illnesses to a minimum. And so if we have two circulating, it'd be nice to at least have good control of one of them. For sure. So early on in the pandemic uh, with SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, I think you know, people were saying, oh, it's just like the flu. It's not that bad. I think we don't think that anymore. So how does the flu virus differ from SARS-CoV-2? The symptoms can be incredibly similar. So a lot of the things we see with flu, we see with SARS-CoV-2, such as fever, cough, occasionally shortness of breath, um, muscle aches, body aches, malaise, and um, also sometimes some gastrointestinal symptoms. You can see that with both of them. One distinct symptom that tends to be different with uh, SARS-CoV-2 is um, the loss of taste and smell. It's very unique to that virus. And if someone has that symptom, um, generally it's, it's SARS-CoV-2 unless proven otherwise. Some other differences is the time in which someone is contagious. So generally, someone with influenza can become contagious about 24 hours before their symptoms start. And generally, after about four to five days, um, they, they tend to do better, their fevers tend to go away. And we think around seven days, most people have cleared influenza for the most part. With SARS-CoV-2, people can be contagious for 48 to 72 hours before their symptoms even start. So there's a longer period where people could be spreading the virus without knowing it at all. The other issue is um, once they're, they're sick, people with SARS-CoV-2 can be sicker much longer and their symptoms don't follow as clear of a path. Um, some people have fevers, some don't. People can have fevers from a few days to 10 days. The symptoms um, vary and in general, the length of illness seems to be a bit longer. Um, so those are big differences. Another huge difference is how it behaves in children. So SARS-CoV-2 generally is incredibly mild in children and many are asymptomatic, while with flu, they generally are more symptomatic. Um, so those are two of the big differences. And is it possible to get both at the same time? Is that something we're expecting to see this winter? 
there is the possibility, we think. I have had, uh, but I've had who had in early on had influenza and COVID-2 at the same time, tested positive for both and, and was sick. So theoretically, I think experts think that it, there is a possibility um, of having both at the same time. We hope we're not that unlucky. I'll say one good thing, though, is we are many places, um, if they're compliant, people are wearing masks. And so it will be interesting to see how much we're able to control flu more so than other years because we're taking precautions that in the US we generally didn't do. In other countries, um, during flu season, children wear masks to school to prevent flu. And so we've never done that in the US. So we'll see, it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially the spread amongst places where people are really compliant with wearing masks. Absolutely. So there are some symptoms that tell the difference, but are flu and COVID treated the same? They are in the sense that a lot of the care is supportive care, meaning taking care of your symptoms, taking things like acetaminophen or ibuprofen for, for muscle aches or fevers or headaches and drinking fluids and resting. But one big difference is there is a standard therapy for patients with influenza, both outside the hospital and inside the hospital, which is oseltamivir or Tamiflu. COVID-19, currently there are some therapies being used for real severely ill patients, and there certainly are a lot of clinical trials, but there's no standard treatment for the actual virus for outpatients at this point. Again, there might be some trials going forward, but for SARS-CoV-2, really the only treatment for most patients is supportive care still at this point. And you also have started up and are heading a COVID-19 telemedicine clinic. So to help people as they recover. So tell me a bit about that. So we opened this clinic as a way to help support people when they're recovering from home with COVID-19, simply because as a, the nature of the illness is such that people are told not to go to their doctor's office, not to go to the hospital unless they're severely ill. So our concern is that these patients would be a bit frightened um, and uh, they really needed some more support from the medical community while they're at home recovering. So this clinic was a way for us infectious disease doctors to see the patients, evaluate them with telemedicine visits, and then in between our visits have nurses call them daily. Uh, we would review, we review things such as quarantine and isolation practices, um, help with supportive care, sometimes um, prescribing some medications like inhalers and things like that, and just being a social support too. Uh, it's, it's very difficult with SARS-CoV-2 because patients are isolated away from their family and friends, um, and it's scary and very anxiety provoking. So just having someone overseeing their care, we feel is a really big benefit. Oops. So what are some, sorry, I was uh, muted. Yeah. As, as I had worried, my um, cat keeps scratching and meowing to get in. It's okay. I have <laughs> I'm my trying to block her out. Down. Don't worry. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like you're making it through this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, all right. So when it comes to treating flu and COVID-19, I mean, these are both viruses and you know, one common misconception that, that always bothers me is when someone has these symptoms, they think they need antibiotics, which they don't because it's a virus. Antibiotics work on bacteria. Um, yeah. What are some common myths or, myths or misconceptions that, that you hear that you, you'd like to correct? In, ter in terms of flu or COVID or both or? Um... Yeah, yeah. I mean, one I can think of is people, some people believe you can get the flu from the flu vaccine. So that's why ah, I don't that's get a, it. Yeah. So 
What do you say to that? So I so you can't get inf- you can't get flu from the flu vaccine. It is true that after some vaccines, people can have some mild symptoms, but the idea that you can get the flu from it is a misconception. The other issue is a lot of people will say, "I've never gotten the flu, so I, I just don't get it. So I don't need to get the flu vaccine." And the truth is, it's possible that people someone has never had it, um, but it's also possible that they've been exposed to viruses that they maybe had some immunity to, and and the first time someone really gets influenza, um, they can get pretty sick. And so it's important to get the flu shot because you don't know that season if, for instance, you're going to get exposed to influenza, if it's going to be a strain that you have any sort of immunity to and therefore will have a more, less severe disease. Um, so it's always better to err on the side of safety and, and get the vaccine. Again, not just only protect yourself, but to protect others around you. What's the one thing you'd want listeners to take away? I think the most important thing is that we take both of these viruses very seriously and understand that anything we can do to help uh, each other um, stay away from illness or any infection in general is essential. We don't have a vaccine for COVID-19 yet, so we do have one for influenza. And if we want to keep our hospitals safe, our families safe, our friends safe, the best thing to do is to at least do what we can to prevent influenza. If we can keep influenza under control, our ability to deal with patients with severe COVID-19 disease is much improved. If we are dealing with severe cases of both illnesses, that's where we could be thrown into a situation where resources are not what we need them to be and hospitals can get overwhelmed. And that's when patient care can be compromised. So the key is let's try to keep things under control, Uh, be smart about our decisions, both with flu vaccination and our activities in general, um, COVID-19 is still here and real. And we've got to be careful about the things we're doing and wear masks, stay away from each other still. It's not over yet. <laughs> and if we, uh, if, if we forget that, we might pay for it later on. So we've just got to continue to be safe. For sure. Definitely wear your mask, right? So we can oh, yes. keep we'll just, our case counts down and keep our kids in school. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, a lot of people safe too, but keep the schools open, you know. Exactly. (laughs) You were fantastic. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Thanks for asking me. I like doing it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That's it for this episode. You can find all N equals one episodes at health.ucsd.edu slash podcast, as well as on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thanks for joining us.